is coming up now on Established in the Faith. The covenant between God and man cannot fail. You may fail the covenant, but the new covenant cannot fail. It is between two parties, God and man, and Jesus Christ is both parties because he's both God and man. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel chapter 9, let's begin with verse 1. And David said, Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul, that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? And there was of the house of Saul a servant, whose name was Ziba. And when they had called him unto David, the king said unto him, Art thou Ziba? And he said, Thy servant is he. The king said, Is there not yet any of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God unto him? And Ziba said unto the king, Jonathan hath yet a son, which is lame on his feet. And the king said unto him, Where is he? And Ziba said unto the king, Behold, he is in the house of Maker, the son of Emiel in Lodabar. Then king David sent, and fetched him out of the house of Maker, the son of Emiel, from Lodabar. I want to continue with the message we started last week. The covenant between David and Jonathan. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person that is under the sound of my voice today. And Lord, I pray that you will help me to rightly divide this word of truth. Lord, that needs will be met, for you know the needs of your people, whomever they may be, wherever they may be today. Lord, anoint me today. Anoint your people to hear and receive of this word. Lord, that your people might be drawn closer to you and edified in some way, and we are careful to give you praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. As we stated last week, the covenant between David and Jonathan is the nearest thing like the new covenant found anywhere in the Old Testament. Now, if you will allow me to go back and restate some things that we said last week. David did not come from a wealthy family. When God spoke to Samuel and said, Go to Bethlehem to the house of Jesse, for I have provided me a king from among his sons. We see Samuel taking a heifer with him into Bethlehem to offer up sacrifice. 
And all of the sons of Jesse was there except for little David. He was just a little fellow at this time. And he was out tending the sheep, for he was a shepherd, shepherd boy. And Samuel, standing there, looked at all the sons of Jesse. And God said, no, it's none of these. And Samuel said, is there any more of your sons? And Jesse said, yeah, I've got one left. He's out tending the sheep. Samuel said, go and fetch him. I must see him. We can't sit down until I see him. And they get David and bring him. And the point is this. Had Jesse been a wealthy man, he would have had a servant to tend to the sheep while this sacrifice was being offered up. But this was not a wealthy family. So David had to tend to the sheep during this time. And when David came before Samuel, God said, He is the one. And Samuel poured that horn of oil over his head. And the Spirit of God came upon David from that day forward. Shortly thereafter, we see David standing before Goliath. A man that is somewhere around 9 to 12 feet tall. Weighing somewhere around 600 to 750 pounds. And David stood there before the giant that day with that sling in his hand, wearing that shepherd's garment. And he released the stone, and it hit the spot and killed Goliath. And after killing Goliath, Saul inquired as to who this young man was. And David moved from the position of peasant shepherd boy to the position of servant to the king. Now that's great. But we have a little problem here. David did not have the proper clothing suited for his newfound public position. Because you can't just wear anything when you go before the king, see. Well, Saul had a son, his name was Jonathan, and David and Jonathan, they became like brothers, and they made this covenant, and Jonathan, in this covenant, pretty much shared his wardrobe with David so that David could fulfill his duties as servant to the king. So the covenant was founded on having the proper attire to stand before the king. Understand this today, ladies and gentlemen. In the new covenant, God has supplied us the proper attire to stand before an almighty God. God has supplied us with a robe of righteousness through and by the cross of Jesus Christ. The covenant between David and Jonathan was founded on having the proper clothing. The new covenant supplies us with the proper clothing to stand before God because all of mankind is naked before God. Our righteousness, the Bible says, is as filthy rags. The covenant between David and Jonathan was a blood covenant. 
It all started back in the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis with Abraham, who took a number of animals. God told him to split the animals in half. And the covenant was given unto Abraham in the midst of those animals that he split. And that would be passed down from generation to generation. And David and Jonathan more than likely took a bullock, an oxen, a sheep, an animal of some kind. They killed it, split it in half, laying a piece over here and a piece over there and stood in the middle of the two pieces and recited their particular portion of the covenant. It was a blood covenant. The new covenant is soaked in blood, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Without the shedding of blood, ladies and gentlemen, there is no remission of sins. Now, something else I want you to notice here. The covenant involved two parties, Jonathan and David. The new covenant involves two parties, God and man. Jonathan and David fulfilled their portion of the covenant they did not fail in this covenant that they made and I'm here to tell you today in the new covenant between God and man it cannot fail you say well brother James I know some folks that have backslid that wasn't the new covenant's fault that was their fault The covenant between God and man cannot fail. You may fail the covenant due to your lack of faith. But the new covenant cannot fail. It is between two parties, God and man, and Jesus Christ is both parties because he's both God and man. And it cannot fail. The only way that it can fail is if your faith fail. And Jesus told Simon Peter, I pray that your faith fail not now the covenant was also extended down to the children the new covenant that was cut on Calvary's cross has extended down to you and I today 12 to 13 years after David and Jonathan made this covenant, tragedy strikes the family of Jonathan. Jonathan is killed in battle with the Philistines on Mount Gilboa. The Bible says that the Philistines followed hard after Saul. The Philistines were an inward enemy. Most of the enemies of Israel were outward, outside the boundaries of Israel. But the Philistines were an inward foe. And they caused Israel more problems than anything else. Let me tell you this today. Your biggest enemy is not outward as much as it is inward. If you want to know what your biggest problem is, take a look in the mirror. 
Bible says that the Philistines followed hard after Saul. And he was hit by an arrow and sore wounded. And Saul knew that if the Philistines caught him, they were going to torture him. And he asked his armor bearer to run him through with the sword. And his armor bearer would not do it. And Saul fell on his own sword and died. He never defeated the enemy within. And the enemy without destroyed him. And a short time later, David gained ascendancy to the throne. And he asked this question of which I've just read to you today. Is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? In the surrounding nations of Israel, they had a custom that when a king would come to the throne, anyone who could lay a claimant to the throne would be killed. And no doubt when the servants of David, now the new king of Israel, heard those words, they thought, yeah, we know what you're up to. Show kindness unto him. Yeah, we know what kind of kindness you're going to show. You're going to show him a sword. They find Ziba, a servant of Saul. Bring him in. And David asks, Is there any left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness unto him? And Ziba said, Yes, there is one son. Of Jonathan. David didn't know that Jonathan had a son. His name is Mephibosheth. <laughs> when you read a name like Mephibosheth, you thank the Lord that your name is John or Danny, James, Jean. <laughs> Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth is a type of the human race. The Bible says, if you will look there in verse 3, he was lame in his feet. Mankind does not walk right before God because of the fall. Tradition says that when Mephibosheth was a little fellow, a little baby, Perhaps his mother accidentally dropped him and broke both of his legs. And therefore he was lame on his feet. I don't know. Sounds like psychology to me. Anything that's wrong with it, just blame it on your mama. Blame it on your daddy. Blame it on somebody else. This has been going on a long time, folks. I can take you all the way back to Genesis. That woman you gave me, God. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Blame game. Anyway, he was lame on his feet. He couldn't walk right. Man without God cannot walk right. He's in Lodabar. Verse 4, which is a desert place. 
All of mankind without God is in a desert place. There's no life there. Friend, let me tell you, there is no life outside of Jesus Christ. Only when you come to the feet of the world's Redeemer can you find out what life really is. He said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Mephibosheth, he's in Lodabar. When the servants found out that Saul and Jonathan were dead, they took him and they hid him at the house of Maker. Here we have a man, Mephibosheth. His grandfather was the king over Israel. Could have had anything that he wanted. But it's all gone now. And Mephibosheth had absolutely nothing to do with his grandfather rejecting the word of God. Had nothing to do with the actions of Saul. But here he suffers because of it. All of mankind today suffers because of what took place in the Garden of Eden. And David said in verse 5, Go and fetch him. Glory to God. In all the religions of the world we see man reaching out for God. Only in Christianity do you see God reaching down for man. Go and fetch him. God wants you. He loves you. He don't need you, but He wants you. Mephibosheth looks out the window of his house there in Maker. And the state chariot pulls up outside the house. He looks out the window and he sees that chariot pull up and he recognizes it. It was his grandfather's chariot. And a guard comes and knocks on the door. We're here for Mephibosheth. The king has called for Mephibosheth. Are you Mephibosheth? Yeah. They escort him to the chariot. And it's a long ride from Lodabar to Jerusalem. And I can't imagine the thoughts that were running through his mind. Perhaps it was memories from when his grandfather Saul was king. Perhaps he rode in the chariot and he remembered those younger days. He pulls up to Jerusalem and he expects to meet an executioner's guard. This is it. I'm going to die. But instead of meeting an executioner's guard, there's a celebration. Glory to God. 
Jesus said, I did not come to condemn, but I came to save. They bring him in before King David. David says, I want to restore to you everything. That Saul had. Verse 7. Glory to God. When Jesus Christ died on Calvary. He not only died to save us from our sins. But he died to restore everything that was lost in the fall. Glory to God. Everything. He said there in verse 10, I'm going to let you have somebody to tend all that land that your father had. In the new covenant, Jesus Christ not only restores everything that was lost in the fall, but he has sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, to help us in our walk with the Lord. I want you to notice there in verse 7, David said, You shall eat bread at my table continually. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. And if you will accept Him as your Savior, you will be able to eat at His table in heaven forever. Glory to God. Jonathan and David made a covenant. When David was but a shepherd boy, that covenant led to the salvation of Jonathan's son. Jesus Christ became a peasant to save every single one of us. The covenant that was cut between David and Jonathan Extended down to the children. And when David became king, he remembered that covenant. And Mephibosheth was the beneficiary of all of that covenant that went back so many, many years before. Today, ladies and gentlemen, you and I are the beneficiaries of the covenant that was cut at Calvary's cross. This morning, the royal chariot has pulled up outside your door. The royal guard of the Holy Spirit is knocking on your heart's door. Will you let him in? Would you bow your heads, please? This morning, I'm going to lead this congregation in a sinner's prayer. Perhaps there are some of you listening by radio. The Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart, and you want to get saved. I'm going to ask this congregation, if they will, to repeat this prayer after me. They're going to help you today. Saying some words won't save you, but if you believe it in your heart, the Lord has promised that He'll save you. Now let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear God in heaven, 
I come to you in the precious name of Jesus. I'm sorry for my sins, the life I've lived, the things I've done. Please forgive me, wash me, cleanse me with your precious blood. You said in your word that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And right now, I'm calling upon your name. You said if we confess with our mouths the Lord Jesus and believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, then we shall be saved. And right now, I believe that I am washed that I am cleansed, that I am saved. Praise God. If you prayed that prayer with me this morning by radio, if you will, give me a call. I'd love to hear about it. We've got a number of messages that are uploaded on the website. We encourage you to go check it out. And don't forget to tune in next week. today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.